Hello and welcome to Get Answers, a fortnight of special bite-sized episodes from the team here at Witch. I'm Lucia Ariano, host of the Witch Money podcast, and over the next two weeks, we'll be here to help you get answers to some of the biggest questions on your mind right now. We've already tackled the mortgage market and still to come, we've got episodes answering your questions on food prices, energy bills, and more. But on today's show, we'll be hearing how you can beat the scammers. When life gives you questions, which get answers. Now joining us for the next two weeks, as he did on Monday's first episode, is our producer, Rob. So Rob, you were up in Manchester's big shopping centre last week, trying to find out some of the biggest questions on people's minds right now. So how did scams come up? Yeah, so a few people were really honest and open enough to share their stories of friends and family members who have been ripped off by fraudsters. Now, quite understandably, though, they didn't want me to record their very personal stories. It's really understandable. You know, we hear time and time again through which and, you know, personally as well, that people feel embarrassed, but it really can happen to anyone. It's so true. Now, a conversation that I did want to share with you is one that I had with someone called Elliot. He's a student and wanted to express his concern about what's happening right now as fraudsters look to exploit the cost of living crisis. It's very scary that anyone and everyone can just sort of like infiltrate your data, your safety. You know, you hear all these stories in like ATMs and things like that. So I am very wary about that because I say with everything rising, your money is then getting more and more important. Like your pound is now crucial and every single penny is now important. So I am someone who's very wary about scams, checking over emails and everything when it comes through. Like, is this legit? I don't want it to be a situation where my friend has to come to me for help because like, they've been caught out. And obviously in that scenario, I would help them. But at the same time, I don't like the idea of saying they've fallen foul to it and now they feel short sort of thing. I'm very, say, very close to my friend's family and very cautious for them. So I think it would probably like, not affect me, like hurt me more to say if someone else I knew was then struggling because of something like that. Thanks, Rob. And a big thanks to Elliot there too. Now, in today's show, we'll be running through the latest answers on this. What scams to look out for right now, red flags to be aware of, and the crucial advice if you fall victim to one. And for this, I'm joined by the brilliant Witch Consumer Rights and Scams Editor, Stephen Maunder. Welcome back, Steve. Hi, Lucia. Nice to be here. Great to have you back, Steve. Well, I think Elliot speaks for a lot of us when he shares his worries about those closest to him being ripped off. You know, just a few weeks ago, a friend of mine really sadly came to me for advice when her mum had fallen victim to a scam. And we'll get on to what to do if that happens. But first, can we start with what to look out for now? How are scammers exploiting the cost of living crisis and anything else in our day-to-day lives? And what are the biggest scams right now that our listeners should know about? Well, scammers are always looking to take advantage of victims to swindle them out of their data and their money, ultimately. And times where there are likely to be more vulnerabilities, such as during the cost of living crisis, it really can leave people more open to falling victim to scammers. We often say that scams are getting more sophisticated, and in many cases they are, but there are some prominent trends we see across lots of different types of scams. And As we report weekly in our scam alerts email, we're still seeing phishing scams a lot. This is where fraudsters impersonate companies or government departments or your bank. And email is usually kind of the heartland for that type of thing. You'll have also seen lots of reports about dodgy investment scams with fake celebrity endorsements from the likes of, you know, Dragons and Martin Lewis and people like that. And those can be very dangerous at a time when people are struggling for money because they get promised 
returns that are just too good to be true and they can be convinced by them because they see a celebrity's name on them but obviously that's false another one we have to keep an eye on at the moment is shopping scams so shopping scams aren't something we report on that regularly but the most recent data from uk finance which came out just a couple of weeks ago shows there are more than 100,000 reports of what they call authorised payment scams in 2022, which to you and I would be shopping scams. And we recently reported a few months ago on one particularly bad situation where a member bought a car off a very convincing dealership he saw advertising online, and it turned out to be fake, and he lost thousands of pounds from it. So shopping scams is another one that really need to be aware of at the moment. There's a lot there that I'm sure will resonate with our listeners. Well, can we go on to some advice then on how to spot these kinds of scams? Sure. So scams work in lots of different ways, but we do see lots of common threads and common tactics used by scammers. So when it comes to things like emails, text messages, calls, WhatsApp messages, just be really careful if you get a message that's unexpected from a company or organisation. That could be your bank, could be TV licensing, DVLA, HMRC. These are all common ones we often see impersonated. When it comes to emails in particular, there are lots of signs that you can look out for, which will help you see whether it's a scam or not. So fraudsters can quite easily spoof the email itself. So if they're impersonating HMRC, you might see some quite convincing branding or the same font that's used by that agency. But there are some telltale signs in a lot of cases. First of all, the sender's address. If you look at the address that the emails come from, you'll often see it's just a mishmash of random letters and numbers rather than the official email. You should also look out whether an email refers to you by name and whether, quite importantly, whether it's asking you to click on a prominent link to take action on something. In a lot of cases with scam emails, it'll be things like you need to update your account quickly before it expires or things like that. And they'll often make you do it within 24 hours. Now, all of these things are red flags. Scammers will always look to create urgency to make you panic and make a decision that you really shouldn't be making. Absolutely. And what about some of the other scams you mentioned, say investment scams? With things like investment scams, the promise of high returns on your money can be very tempting. But it really is best to just operate the old adage that if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. And that's the same with shopping scams too. You will often see with shopping scams, people just selling items for less than they actually cost in normal retailers, as I was saying earlier with things like uh, car dealerships. And with investment scams, they will offer you returns that are far higher that you can get from standard bank accounts. So really just exercise caution and really think through whether this is actually an opportunity or whether you might be being exposed to a scammer. We're always keeping an eye on the latest scams sort of across the board here at Witch. So although we can't report on every single scam that's going around, you can find out about the latest common scams that are breaking each week and how to avoid them by signing up to our weekly scam alert email. Thanks, Stephen. It's so helpful just to have that advice in the back of your mind. And to go back to Elliot's clip then, You, of course, never want to be in that position where someone close to you has been scammed and and comes to you for advice. But if this happens or you think you might have been scammed, and as I said, I was literally having this exact conversation with a friend the other week. If this happens, what do you need to know? So your next steps will depend on the nature of the scam and what you've lost. So 
if you've given away any financial information, for example, entering your bank details on a dodgy shopping website, you need to contact your bank immediately to get your account blocked and monitored. If you can do that, there may still be a possibility that you'll be able to get your money back. You'll also want to keep a really close eye on your credit report over the coming weeks and months just to check that nobody is using your details to take out loans and credit cards elsewhere. For other data breaches, so if you've given away things like your name, your address, then it's important that you change your passwords on any affected accounts to something secure. And if you use the same password across lots of different accounts and that might have been compromised, you're really going to need to change them all, ideally to different passwords for each account. And you may even find it useful to use a password manager to do that. It's also really, really helpful if you have been approached by a scammer, even if you haven't lost any money or given away your details, to report these scam attempts. If it's a scam email, you can do that via your email provider, so Outlook or Gmail, etc. And if it's anything else, you need to report it to Action Fraud, which you can do online. You can also put them to which using our scam share tool. And can we just kind of whiz through here the need to know if you lose money to a scam? First of all, report it to your bank. What they will do initially is they will look into who you've sent the money to and where that recipient bank is and see if that can be easily traced or not. You can make a claim for reimbursement. A lot of banks are signed up to a code which essentially commits to reimbursing scam victims where they're not at fault. What you'll need to do is you'll need to put together a case to your bank and it will review that and make a decision based on the factors. Now, some banks will reimburse more people than others. The same scam can be dealt with in two different ways by two different banks. But if you can show that essentially you were a completely innocent victim of it, the bank maybe could have done more to advise you and warn you about it, then you may be able to get some or all of your money reimbursed. If that doesn't work or you're unhappy with your bank's decision, you can go to the financial ombudsman with your complaint. Thank you, Steve. And we'll also put a few links to our scam advice as well as action fraud and our scam share at all in the description of today's episode. When life gives you questions, which get answers. Now, to finish today's show, for each episode of this Get Answers mini-series, we're going to wrap up with some quick-fire questions we've received on the Witch Facebook page. So, Steve, here's some we received over the last couple of days on scams. The first one comes from Sean. His question is about fake properties being advertised for let on Facebook Marketplace. And to summarise, he wants to know what the social media companies are doing to remove scam ads from their platforms. Well, we've been campaigning for platforms like Facebook to do more to protect consumers for a long time now. Unfortunately, in many cases, there's still a kind of whack-a-mole approach to removing dodgy adverts and scams from these platforms. All platforms essentially told us they're working hard to crack down on scammers with verification and use of technology to try and cut this down, stop this from happening. But what's really clear at the moment is all of these platforms really rely on their users to report scams as soon as they see them. And what that means is that, unfortunately, there's currently not a huge amount of protection for consumers against dodgy ads on social media, although we're hoping that will change soon. And I've got one from Jonathan here who asks, if no-win, no-fee companies claiming they can help get money back after a scam are legitimate, or should you go through an alternative channel? 
if you've lost money to a scam, you really need to go through the relevant process via your bank to ask for reimbursement. There are systems in place. You can escalate it if you're unhappy with the outcome. Obviously, there's no guarantee you'll get your money back. That will depend on the individual case and the bank involved. But it's really important to follow those official channels. And this is because there are lots of companies out there that will say they can help you get your money back. But in some cases, they're scammers too. And finally, then one from Sarah. She says, I've read lots about the online safety bill, which is supposed to be coming into law soon. What is it? And does it include a crackdown on scams? Well, we've been pushing the government to press on with the online safety bill for some time now. When it comes into force, it'll place a greater duty on platforms such as the likes of Facebook that we've discussed and search engines such as Google to essentially prevent paid for scam ads from appearing on their platforms. This isn't going to be a complete solution. It won't stop fraudsters trying to exploit people, but it will hopefully bring much needed safeguards to protect more people from online scammers. So, so much useful advice in today's episode. And I really hope we managed to get answers to some of your questions. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. A huge thanks again to Steve and to you for listening to this episode of our special mini series aiming to get answers to your most pressing questions. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe. And if you have any comments or questions, use the hashtag get answers on social media. For free expert advice for life's everyday questions, don't forget to head to witch.co.uk. And for our next episode, we'll be back on Friday when I'll be handing over to the host of Witch Investigates, Grace Farrell, as she asks when food prices might finally begin to fall. This episode of Get Answers was produced by Rob Lilly, edited by Eric Breer and hosted by me, Lucia Ariano. Now we hope you have a lovely day and we'll see you next time. Moving house with kids. Moving house checklist. Top packing tips. Do it ourselves or hire movers? Hiya! Things to do in the school holidays. Best solo holidays. When life gives you questions, get answers at witch.co.uk.